1: I'm here today with uh, my subject, it's Michael Vick. Um, and uh, today we're going to learn how to tie a tie, right, Mike uh, Vick?
0: Absolutely. Today I learned how to tie a tie. I tried for the last five to six years and been very unsuccessful, and I'm getting frustrated. I actually watched you tie yours five minutes ago, and uh, you did it with, with ease.
2: The Dave Damashek Football Program, available
3: on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek.
1: Hi and hello, football fans. I hope all's well wherever you are. We are back in Studio 66 and ready to roll. A gay week in Dallas, Texas is in the books. The 2018 NFL Draft included many fine moments, including... A nice guy named Mike Vick asking me to teach him to tie a tie, and I said yes, I will, Mike Vick. And uh, you can find that if you go to uh, Damashek on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. It's all it's all out there for you. Normally, and that's, other- the, uh,
3: that's the Damashek request. You know, you you request of elite athletes or uh, celebrities to do menial, everyday tasks that the rest of us. Uh, have to face, you know, morning after morning, and yet here it was, the roles reversed. It's, it's
1: it's the way, yeah, that's right. It's it's up my way of paying back pro football for entertaining me all these decades. Sure. I now this is one by one. I'm going to give back pro football players within the sound of my voice. If you need my help with any sort of life skill, hit me up. I'm happy to do it. I'm a I'm a jack of not all trades, but most trades. Um so, uh, anyway, you hear his voice seated there to my immediate left. Let's get into all of it. We have a lot of good stuff coming for you, by the way. Can I ask way. one
3: more question on the mic, Vic?
1: Yes, NFL.com slash DDFP. You can find that, all the interviews. We talked to all uh, – not all. Talked to almost all, all of the guy in the Might first as well round. have been all. I think it was uh, – what did we have, 18 or 19 of the first rounders, M O V P behind 18. the glass? 18 of them, including Mike – I, I I don't want to say who my favorite, but I was most struck by and I really enjoyed it. I am on Team Josh Rosen, and we'll talk about my, what money feels. like. That makes one me. of us. Well, okay. Sam Darnold, I thought had a had a had a nice subtle sense of humor about him. Bradley Chubb had an overtly great sense of humor. On down the list, I was Rashawn Evans was a cool guy. Seemed like a, just seemed like more man than I'll ever be. A brick s house. Oh Rashawn my goodness! Evans. But 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 mad. Oh yeah. I just mean
3: that's one of those guys physically when you look at him, you're like, that body is more dense just in terms of physicality.
1: Man, Jair had the loveliest eyes I've ever seen and also had a winsome way about him. I mean, it goes on down the list. NFL.com slash DDFP. It's all there for you. Plus, we caught up with legends. We caught up with our old pals. Rod Woodson, we have that coming for you. 15 minutes with with one of the all-time greats at his position. Hoosh! We talked some Bengal Steelers, and I laughed at him.
3: And uh, so, listen, lots of good stuff coming the way. Yes, money. Hoosh, by the way, daughter, a a standout Orange County volleyball prodigy. He
1: mentioned that. Yeah,
3: very good Uh, in the the, uh, young girl volleyball circles that I now travel with my middle daughter. Um, <laughs>
2: it's,
3: it's a, weird to just know that like it, it is in, and the, he,
2: in the
1: young girl volleyball that yeah. I travel
3: the uh, who else is in that circle by the way Willie McGinnis he'll never say it because he's so humble his daughters are remarkable like mm. they are going to be division one studs when they uh, make their way into college but Mark I'm Pryor, not familiar with that name but no. okay. Mark Pryor is in that circle wow. of, uh and Hushmanzada is in that circle. a whole lot of former athletes with daughters volleyball is the sport of choice seemingly for them but uh, I do want to ask what kind of knot did you tie for Mike Vick? Just the regular that old,
1: uh, the regular. Not old. a full
3: Windsor. No,
1: I don't do any of that. It would have been. Believe me, watch, watch the video. You'll see. It
3: was. It was not the Merrill Hodge. It's, no, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was not the Hodge. Of all the ones, we did talk to Taven Bryan too, who went to the Jags, who doubled down on uh, making their defense even better. But he had the weirdest knot I've ever seen in my life. Look at that video too. Okay. And also, he's into like death metal too. His uh, his intro music was some sort of death metal thing. It was like, Cannibal
3: Corpse, Napalm Death. It was like that. Level, I, okay. I, 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 I can't get tell you that. what
1: it was, but uh, maybe Eddie Spaghetti behind the glass can uh, hip us to that. Uh, and also, guys. Eddie Spaghetti, we got to get his thoughts on uh, Big Blue. Did what he wanted them yeah. to do for four or five months now.
3: Think of all the panicking. Think of all the panicking yeah. and end of days projections that uh, Eddie Spaghetti has had on this podcast up until that Thursday evening when they took Saquon Barkley. He's trying to run guys out of town. He wants people fired. He's going to walk back to New York naked. All of these proclamations that he made, all for naught. All for naught. They end well, up that, doing exactly what he had hoped they would do. The shame is the yes. is the
1: nude walk or shame that was uh, that that yeah. that was. Uh, That's promised. what I'm going to do. Um, yeah, so we got, by the way, Saquon was a really nice kid. I mean, for all the, you know, the five minutes that we get to speak with him, it's not like I uh, now know any of these people, but really a a charming guy. And what was really rewarding, Emma VP had a gangbusters idea. She said, you know, let's, let's not hide from, because we get awfully grand and it is legit though. I mean, you, you, I, I say it all the time. You would have to be a real cynic and maybe even dead inside. If you can't enjoy watching human beings in the moment, even if they knew it was coming for five, for forget five months, for five years or, or for uh, the last decade of their lives that they knew that they were going to play in the NFL. When it comes true, And their families are there and their moms are crying and their dads are trying to stay stoic and and uh, just the whole family and and the taking of the call and and the whole thing. It's just the greatest moment to to pay witness to dreams realized. But let's not hide from it. It Maybe crass to say, but it's also about uh, getting rich. They get they're instant millionaires. So MoVP said, "Hey, why don't we give them those giant Ed McMahon style oversized checks to to really bring it on home?" And they all loved it. They all re they, they all were tickled by it, and three of them left with the checks. In fact, I was getting texts and uh, and tweets from people saying, "Hey, I just saw Derwin James walking down the Dallas Stadium check. with
0: a giant cardboard
1: check, <laughs> which is great." So anyway, yes, it was, uh, and we still have. Like I say, we had a long sit down, like a half hour with uh, Carson Palmer. He was great. We talked to our pal uh, Tank Lawrence in a uh, in a Dallas Steakhouse. Money. The food, extraordinary. We missed you. On, on Dallas does have some fantastic some real food. Real good food. We went to uh... – uh,
3: Steakhouses, great Mexican in Dallas. As a matter of fact, we did get Mexican. Oh yeah, some good, some good spots. You go to Little Mexico out there.
4: I we- had brisket tacos out there, and they were hey delicious. Now.
3: Ooh. Yeah. Yep. little merging of the two, huh? Uh-huh. We're really good at both of these things.
1: Oh, yeah. Nick and Sam's, though, that's where we had the steak. And I, I, I don't, you know, spoiler alert. I'm just going to say it out loud here and now, and you'll watch the video and uh, for visual evidence if if you need it. But uh, we go, we sit down in this steakhouse and. Uh, um this is you and hank me and tank lawrence
3: yeah. oh you and tank okay
1: me and Tank. yeah no yeah it was me and tank lawrence show up in the middle of the day place opened a little early for us as a matter of fact so we got the whole spectacular art deco joint to ourselves really cool uh design on the inside they're they're telling us oh dirk Nowitzki is here all the time and uh and dak and uh, zeke are over there all the time and so on jerry jones and um so, obviously, Tank Lawrence knew what he was getting when he showed up. We were going to eat a delicious steak. And he announces, oh, I didn't know you really wanted to eat a steak. I ate a bunch of chips and dip. <laughs> Side note, it was Doritos and dip, which oh. is a weird thing, too. At least it wasn't salsa, which was spared it because otherwise I might have vomited. But anyway, then they bring out a gigantic, gigantic steak with one of those big cartoon bones hanging out of oh, it. Yeah. And he says, well, I'm uh, I'm full. I can't eat. And I proceeded. And Emma VP was my witness. I
3: ate, you dusted it. I ate that whole steak, fat and gristle.
1: I ate the whole steak. Well while, done. While Tank Lawrence, a gigantic pro football player, watched me, stunned with amazement and awe. Anyway, so we and have you a fell
3: asleep on the spot.
1: No, no, because unlike the old sea captain in The Simpsons, who's like you know he's a remorseless eating machine, I am not a remorseless eating machine. I celebrated my deed by eating two giant meatballs and a piece of Tony Romo pizza. Tony Romo. Requires He goes to Nick and, and uh, Sam so often that he said, you guys also should serve pizza here. So they literally started serving pizza because Just for Tony, Tony Romo. Romo said they had to. and then Must be nice. Those pizzas. It was a good time, right, MVP
4: Great time. Look out for a bunch of videos from that in the next couple weeks.
1: Yeah, like I say, we talked to the Hall of Famers. We talked to Mike Vick in the green room. I taught him to tie a tie. He gave me his thoughts on um, the first-round quarterbacks, who's going to succeed, who isn't, so on and so forth. We have a lot of different things we should get to here. Here. Let's start it off with, I love this, and because, I think it's interesting because I know, Money, you did not like. You, you feel like Josh Rosen, for the record, has a chip on it. I, every, all, all these guys have chips on their shoulders, to be clear.
3: So well, you can't hold that cu- against them. A couple things. I think it's um, you know, being in Los Angeles, working with UCLA. You know The radio station I'm on out here is the UCLA radio station, so we've done a lot of work with this team, with Josh Rosen, or lack thereof. Uh, his unwillingness to embrace the media versus the last two weeks where you could find him and he was a moth to us to a light uh, trying to adjust and fix this reputation that, that somehow he had acquired, uh, perhaps earned through the draft pros- process of being kind of a tough guy to be around at times, let alone, you know, the the I guess the narrative was, oh, uh, thinks too much. Does he really love football? Whatever with all that. I think That's people so were yeah, right, people we'll were concerned it. about A, what kind of guy is he in the locker? room, and B, is is he going to be able to stay healthy? It's someone with two concussions, with a shoulder issue. That's really what got him pushed out, but I think in that moment, um, and, you know, we had the moment, too. He came on with us. We were doing the draft for the for dot-com, the and he joined us right after he got drafted. And I think, do you have the sound of, of kind of what his approach was? Is that what we have or no? No, we don't play okay. that sound. Let me so, play different
0: sounds. No, no, no. no, no.
3: A oh, sound. Damashek style. Well, I hit it. I was it. pretty
0: pissed off as I was sitting in the green room. I was seeing teams go by and pick some other quarterbacks that I think I'm very, very um, clearly better than. Um, and I thought I was going to get called. I thought I was going to go up and I to fake a smile I thought I was gonna have to um, pretend I was happy to be wherever I was but for some reason all that went away and like real authentic true joy and determination set in uh, the second I got a phone call my agent that my phone didn't work for some reason and my agent got the number and he tapped me on the shoulder I saw him and I it was one of the it was one of the coolest feelings I've ever had in my life and I just yeah. I'm more motivated than ever I honestly would have walked straight off that stage to a plane in Arizona if I could
1: so, I mean, what's, what's wrong so with very any of
0: similar, that?
3: Very similar to what he said with us, except he was a little – I don't know if you maybe got him after we got him. He was a, He was pretty salty. He was really salty and, like, didn't want to back off it. I tried to give him a window to kind of back off, it, and he wasn't having it. He's like, no, I'm pissed. Like, I'm pissed right now. I mean, I, I should have been drafted. There's nine mistakes ahead of me, uh, and, I, you know, I'm not going to sugar. That's how I feel. And it's like, hey, listen, dude, Relax. You are the 10th pick in the draft. You're uh, going to be a starting quarterback. You're going to a fantastic situation in Arizona, and all you care about is that somehow you were slighted. Listen, You're, you're, mean, you're a top 10 pick in the NFL draft, and this is all negative? How dare appear- they take those three guys ahead of me? How dare they make that mistake?
1: Well, you didn't suddenly appear in sports media on the first night of the 2018 draft money. Every single one of these guys has a big chip on their shoulder. We've talked to, e- from, from I'll say it for the millionth time, Maurice Jones-Drew, 15, what is it, 13, 14 still years upset. later, is still mad he was a second-round pick. Reggie Bush was the second overall pick, is still mad that he was the second overall pick, not the first. This is what the, this is what pro athletes do. They find something to get angry about and use it as fuel. Why would Josh Rosen be held to some different standard than
3: that? I thought it came off Braddy. I... I really did. I thought it came off very bratty.
1: Well, your boy. I was talking to your guy, Sam Darnold.
3: Joel Klatt. Well, oh, I, Joel Klatt.
1: Well, I liked Sam Darnold very much too. He had a, he had just sort of a subtle, good sense of just, humor. Just uh,
3: real quick uh, on on the Josh Rosen thing. One last thing. Um, I do think because we got this story, and it's a weird story with Alonzo Highsmith. About you know something about him just bothered me. Is the story, and he said he came across right. I think, uh, Michael. I can't remember the name of his last. Speaking name. of volleyball, the women's right. volleyball coach right. at UCLA, Michael something. I can't remember his last. Name. Anyway, you know, I asked him about Josh, and he just kind of gave me this look and said, hey, "His girlfriend's right over there. Why don't you ask her?" I think I think you're going to start hearing more stories about Josh Rosen and about doing some. Research and looking back into what kind of guy was he? I do think you're gonna have because I like,
1: don't know if you're insinuating something that you're gonna whisper to me later. No. but I mean listen, I am not think you're gonna heard. hear a more of guys, of those stories.
3: Listen, a that, lot of guys are arrogant
1: good, uh, BMOC jerk stories yes. on campus. And they grow out of it,
3: or, or they, they don't. don't. And if they win football games, nobody cares. Well, as
1: I always say, and we talked, we had a great time with uh, three quarters of uh, the Good Morning football crew. Uh, We changed the name, in fact, to uh, Good David Football. Um, for the show and and we talked about that I mean the 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 good side of what Josh Rosen could be if there are two sides to the coin he's Aaron Rodgers he's built like Aaron Rodgers he's more inward like uh, Aaron Rodgers he's not as bombastic obviously he's got that same I, nobody has the arm that Aaron Rodgers has but he's got that same kind of you he can know, throw it really rare gift of a yeah, of a right can, arm he can really throw it um and you know he's a Strikes a slightly dodgy kind of kind of personality, so that's the upside. But then the downside is Jay Cutler. He could be a Jay Cutler type as and
3: well. And just divide a locker room. And um...
1: I don't know, man. I like him, and I, I this is based purely on watching him play football. I like him. And Damashik, the QB whisperer, says— This your guy? He's my one. This he's your my one? number one. Okay. That's my number one. I like Sam Darnold a lot, too. I like Lamar Jackson, the one I don't get. But talking to your boy, Joel Klatt, one night after the draft, I, uh, I, I said, what about me? I, I said, I just don't—to me, you talk about— Something that you don't like, just the eyeball, just... um, Off-putting. Viscerally. He seems like a frat dude, you know? He just... uh that's obnoxious to me. That's my
3: personal opinion on Grabbing it. Grabbing your junk because Kansas, uh, their not Kansas just that, just the whole, every that.
1: touchdown, running down the field, spinning his arms. Have fun when the you funny play thing football, about, but there's the something thing, off-putting about it. The thing to about me.
3: Baker is, uh, and and Joel can, can attest to this, uh, You know, my radio partner Petros will tell you. Oh, I forgot said, to man, say,
1: the best radio show in all had the land, uh, Petros and Money on uh, AM570 right. and on iHeartRadio. I
3: think Petros has done like four... Oklahoma games um, and Joel's done a bunch with Baker Mayfield and they say it is crazy when you walk into that building how much they love that guy coaches players everybody will talk I'd lay down in the street for that guy so he certainly has something you know and And I'm not saying you don't get that with Josh, but it is very unique to Baker. I think more so than a lot of other quarterbacks that you're around when you're in college, when they, you don't feel like it's an agenda. And this is me just kind of sort of repositioning what they'll tell you. They, they, there's just something about it. They want to tell you how great this is, guy is as a leader of a team and someone that a team gets behind. Who
1: am I? Who am I to uh, push back at that? I'm not, you know, obviously around that. And Clad had a great line about that when I asked him. He said, "I've seen Baker succeed way too often to to doubt that he's going to make it in the that's, league." that's luckily. a great line. Um, so anyway, that was, uh, we had a great time with that, but let's talk about this. And I also want to talk about Derwin James, the first round draft pick, because I do recall talking to you money. Um, off the air at some point midway through the 2017 season and saying, boy, these Chargers people are sleeping on them. You know, everybody was aware of the missed kicks that uh, put them in jeopardy of making the playoffs, but they were making a little bit of a run there. And you said the one thing they lack, if they could find a safety with some range back there, that they would just be an airtight roster just about. Well, there they have uh, Durbin oh. James now. So we, we did catch up with him a little bit. But before we jump in on that, I think this is a fun conversation because I've been asking it for three months about the quarterbacks, and everybody's giving me their win-play show, Mike Vick included. We should play that too, MOVP. Let's play that uh, uh, later in the week for him. It's uh, in the meantime out there on social media for you, if you look it up, his uh, ranking of who's going to be the win play show. Quarterbacks, obviously, is the first overall draft pick himself. He knows what he's talking about. But I think this is fun because you, me, and Handsome Hank have talked QBs for five months, and I suspect that 10 teams will have a new quarterback by the start of 2018. Meantime, watching the draft play itself out, all of a sudden we've said that the NFC South is the home of uh, – is the quarterback division. It's the best quarterback division in the league. But do we now have to shake that up and say that it is, in fact, the NFC West?
3: Jared Does Goff, Rosen Russell Wilson, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and yeah, if Josh Rosen pans out, it will be. Because all those guys are, are under 28. <laughs> and You're talking about likely the half decade of dominance if they're all as great as – I mean, obviously, Russell Wilson's already great. He's a Super Bowl champ, two-time participant. Uh, we all believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. Jared Goff uh, certainly took a big st- step last year. Um yeah, I mean it'll be up to Rosen. No question. If Rosen is good as young as they all are, uh that would be the quarterback division.
1: And then you, and and then I guess the other one is uh if Trubisky pans out up in Chicago. Yeah,
3: Cousins, Rogers, Stafford, Trubisky, certainly.
1: And by the way, emerging from the uh from the draft, I sort of uh, talking to a few people including uh, our pal Maurice, he obviously is riding high on his Jaguars, but also pointed out that the that the Vikings have perhaps the best top to bottom roster in the NFL at this
3: point it's hard to argue just because they didn't lose anything on defense you know those guys that now this is going to be the year this is kind of their one which is why the Kirk Cousins deal makes so much sense because I think two guys are going to be up on that defensive side of the ball they can't pay blow they can't pay both of them they might not be able to pay either of them without doing some roster movement so yeah I mean I'd say top to bottom you can tell with the Kirk Cousins 30 million bucks a year they're like look Whatever it is, this we have glass, to go get it right, right now. And this glass,
1: year. the glass half full thing is that uh, we we it's almost like a red shirt. You saw Dalvin Cook arrive, and then Alvin uh, Kamara picked it up from there, and uh, and uh, wins rookie of the year. But people kind of moved on when when cook got hurt well that's too bad for the vikes another uh another bad injury that scuttles their chances and then they move on and succeed even uh, more without him but imagine now you're gonna plug him back in it's like a red shirt addition to the to the 2018 roster the downside the glass half empty maybe kirk cousins with that comes the expectation you cover up any flaw otherwise we're paying you that kind of loot Kirk Cousins you better be the man now you better rise up you're not a piece of the puzzle now you are the you are the key to what goes on here is he capable of rising up to do that that's what's this
3: what do they always say about Kirk right he's a great quarterback if he is put in a system with a lot of weapons around him you got a lot of weapons around him. I mean, you know, with Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, you've got a great pass catching tight end and Kyle Rudolph. You mentioned Dalvin Cook and what he's able to do is a full service three down back, not to mention just a dominant defense that you don't need you don't need to go out there and win games with twenty eight points. You just need to manage distribute, don't screw up. And I think Kirk Cousins is I mean, you know, he's the perfect guy for that, right? I mean, I think that kind of describes him perfectly. Not so, he's not Tom Brady, he's not Aaron Rodgers, but given the circumstance and surrounding roster, fantastic. You know, even well, though he is getting paid like he's got to do that, he doesn't have to.
1: The one thing I think that people who aren't paying very close attention don't give Kirk Cousins credit for is they they sort of feel like he's a plucky underdog. He's got a he's got an NFL arm. That's the one thing that he does have going for him. Whatever your uh, whatever else you want to doubt about him, here's the thing that baffles me, money. Every single season in the 21st century. We hear the smarts, the guys who do this for a living, breaking down the drafts, they always have to provide the asterisk when a guy gets drafted, hey this is a, the, you you were sitting out there with some of these draft experts um, over the last week. and whenever one of these quarterbacks is drafted, even in the first round, even first overall, it always it always comes with the caveat. Well, this is going to be a great situation for him to go into, and he can sit and learn at the knee of blank incumbent quarterback, and uh, he'll be ready for year two, or he'll be ready later in the season. We're not going to put a clock on that. Mike Mayock harumps at the idea that you would say you would declare in, in late April this guy's our starter on day one. But it always winds up that way. Why do we continue to abide by this nonsense that a quarterback is going to sit on the bench
3: and learn like it's 1984? Well, the funny thing is, is it, it actually goes a step further. It's not week one. You know, it's always week two or week four, but they still – even the coaches play that game and they wheel out Mike Glennon and you got to wait your two weeks, you know, before three weeks. Same thing with Deshaun Watson. Tom Savage? You have to – why do you have to start Tom Savage? But that's what they did. And you know they're going to do it. They're going to start Tyrod in Cleveland. They're going to start Sam Bradford in Arizona. They're going to start Josh McCown in New York. And, and I you think-, think all of those are true? I do. I do
1: not, and I think you are beholden to something that is a mirage from the twentieth century. But it's century. what we always see. We don't always see it. What but are you talking it, about? What, Matt what, Ryan started day one. I think what they do is, I think GMS and coaches and organizations float that in late April, early May, because it provide because it it then puts. Undo pressure that that the kid doesn't need through the summer months that you're the man, and he has to start living up to that immediately. I mean, you gave me I that, think Ryan. In,
3: I think mid-August. That's <laughs> 15 years old. Jared Goff didn't start day one. Carson Wentz did not start day one. You know what I mean? These guys, they they do it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying for whatever reason, and and I think a lot of it James is – Jameis did. They're Mariota not, did. Yes, they did. They. What I think they try to do is – to some degree, guard for failure. You know, you don't – the idea of, okay, we've lost two That's games. That's right. If you anoint the kid – Now we'll put you in and you're, you know, oh, now it's a re- – we don't need to win games. He's just out there trying to learn. We're now 0-3 or 1-5, and and now you can get out there, Jared Goff. And uh, and it's not as bad of a deal, even though, I mean, you want to talk about predicting the end of times for a franchise. When Jared Goff got out there, I mean, it was it truly was one of the worst – quarterbacking performances we've ever seen over an extended period of time in the history of the league. What he it is did a for good Jeff Fisher at the back end of that season.
1: Or what Jeff Fisher did to That's him. That's a good
3: point. What Jeff Fisher and uh, who was it that was his offensive? Boris did to him. Yeah.
1: Well, I also we saw Vince Young in the uh, green room one night and really wanted to ask him legitimately, and we just couldn't catch him. I wanted to say, given what we've now seen from uh, Jeff Fisher and then moving on to a different coach, do you resent Jeff Fisher at all? Do you feel do you blame him for uh, maybe holding you back a little bit? Would things have gone better and uh, differently for you? All right, go ahead, tell me then. Baker Mayfield, you think it's it's McCown?
3: Uh, you mean for for Baker, it'll be Tyrod. Yeah, I do think Tyrod. I mean, I'm sorry, you think for Baker. I think Tyrod starts um, because, you know what, look at their schedule. They start Pittsburgh, then they go to New Orleans. So you got two pretty damn tough games to start the season. If you start 0-2, then you get the Jets, the Raiders. It gets a little bit easier after that. What's the premise, that that
1: the Browns are making a playoff run in 2018? No,
3: but I just think that's the way they do it. You put – I mean, you put Baker out there against the Steelers – in Cleveland, week one, here's our guy, and he gets absolutely wrecked. You know, if, if you project that, if you think that on paper this is the way our defenses stack up, and I don't know if that's how they think of it, but um, – it wouldn't surprise me. It's not like
1: the Steelers have a world-beater defense. No. But but also, uh, wouldn't you – You
3: think he gets the start The one, more
1: valuable move, if you're the Browns as an organization, is you didn't know what you were going to get in the draft a couple of months ago. Ergo, the need to acquire Tyrod Taylor as a fail-safe. Now that you have your guy, don't you deal Tyrod Taylor? I don't think, you blow in a call to the Jags and say, what do you think? Makes you're, sense. You're Super Bowl bound yeah. if you put uh, this kid in. I that, think right?
3: if Mayfield shows that, that he's just going to win that competition – that he does have that special quality and can rally a team behind him. It wouldn't surprise me.
1: Sam Darnold.
3: Eesh.
1: Why wouldn't you play him? What are the again, what are the Jets what do the Jets have to lose? Do you suspect that they're making a playoff run? Well, I mean, think about
3: well, look what they did before McCown got hurt, right? I mean, they yeah, they, they were in the playoff conversation before I they
1: went down. I love Josh McCown. He sat in the chair that you're seated in right now. He was a man, whereas I am a guy like so many countless others. I that being said. Who's better
3: at football? Well, like I said, I mean, last year, what were they, five and three before McCown got hurt? Friedman started from day one, and that was uh, in 1989. I, I got I, – I do think McCown – I think all these guys start. The only one that I don't think starts the season is – uh, the only one that I think starts the season is Josh Allen. The one that's probably the least ready, because who else? Who else are they going to put out there? Yeah,
1: you know, the other teams. That's a funny that, point. I get. Well, listen, we we've uh, learned. We learned about midway through the season. You did uh, call in that Chargers game. That boy, oh boy, they really like that Nate Peterman <laughs> for some reason. Five receptions in the 30, first half. St- that lasted for
3: thirty minutes. Right. So that's that's the one that I could see uh, playing out, and I I could also see Josh Rosen just straight out beating Sam Bradford. You know, for the same situation, I absolutely could see him winning that job. Um, I think the other two quarterbacks, they'll probably be a little bit more careful of. And, and look, it's stupid. I agree with you. I'm not trying to defend the premise, but I do think that you. When you draft a quarterback number one overall, you try to take every possible precaution. And to some degree, you could call it the David Carr corollary, right? You know, the idea that they threw him out there right away behind a leaky offensive line and a young signal caller. And it may have affected him permanently. Um, the, the you know the hits that he took, the damage that he took, and maybe we would have been better off sitting him for a full year. Um, it almost never happens, and they all say they I, want it to happen. I, and it almost I guess, never I dis-
1: does. I disagree empirically with the evidence you're throwing out here. We also have seen many guys start immediately. We, Andrew Luck. We see we see the we see the smoke screen for through spring and much of summertime, but it all it more often than not comes back to oh, yeah, we drafted this guy in the first round. Get him in there now. Why are we waiting uh, till October or November or until the next year?
3: Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. I don't. But I'm just leaning. I guess all it's right. f- it's up to us to pick and choose our quarterbacks, uh, or, or I should say our quarterback situations, to project what we think is going to happen. Ain't,
1: well, I'll tell you what. The thing I always think, and I feel like a lot of football fans are in the same headspace, if you have a capable backup, a guy who you know takes care of the ball, all those things that you talk about with game managing and uh, uh, the, the dreaded uh, game manager tag, if you have one of those guys, and if you're the Jets and you have potentially two of those in Bridgewater and McCown, we'll see if Bridgewater is ready to go and makes the roster. Even, but don't you don't you blow in a call to Duval County? Hey, we got a good backup, but we'll see. You know, we'll we'll take our chances from here.
3: All of those guys should be candid. I don't disagree, and I think they will. I, I I truly think they will. The one, I guess the one thing I keep going back to, and I don't know how to project it. I don't know what history says, but it just seems like, and you and I, I don't remember how you described them, but everybody seems to agree. Yeah, if you have the luxury, I'd much rather let a guy sit back and figure it out, you know, sit back and learn. And I know it's apples and oranges, NBA to – NFL, but listen to the people talk about Ben Simmons. They're like, you have any idea what kind of advantage that guy had being able to sit for a full year and just understand what a schedule is like, how to prepare yourself, how to watch film, not have any pressure to perform. You get to absorb everything else around your position and the game. I
1: like that. Obviously Blake Griffin's another good example of that on the NBA side of things. It's just that this is not the same. The old old cliche that when somebody drafts a center, they say, oh, that's, that's a Going to be uh, that guy's going to be snapping the ball to uh, blank QB for the next decade. Uh, fans like no, he's. Are you <laughs> aware of free agency? That almost never happens anymore. And the clock is start. I uh, started. I know you get that extra year, the extra fifth year, but still, I, I think you want to start. All you are right, so incented to get that guy in there. Give me the Dave
3: damashek projection of the top four, the four top ten quarterbacks. How many of them start Week One? Three. Three.
1: I think Rosen starts. I have a hunch Darnold gets in there, although I do believe Todd Bowles will try to play. So you
3: think McCarron starts for the Bills? You think he starts the season for the Bills?
1: No, I think Allen starts for them. Oh, you think Baker doesn't start? I buy – no, I think Baker. You're going all four. I'm going four. Four of the four. And Lamar Jackson eventually. Yeah. Flacco does not. But again, you know, I, if I'm the Ravens, you're turning the page now with the organization. I would be tempted. I just don't know how many takers there are for Flacco. It's pretty far in the rear view
3: mirror. I think there's also you know there's also the dance that the coach and the gm have to do right because if you miss on a quarterback you're going to get fired it's that simple um and the gm dance has to be mm. all right i got a better chance of making this last an extra year if i wait four games in i'm going to get a little bit more leeway as opposed to putting them in week one things go horribly wrong then there's a chance if you've been a gm there for a while that you get booted
1: well we talked about it in the run-up with the schedule release a couple of weeks ago we 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 identified the situation that would be terrible is the one in New York City for Eli Manning. If you look at their first seven games, it is a brutal start to the season. It's half the season, basically. And uh, I, I kept saying... What if they take Darnold? What if they take one of these kids there? Eli, the Boo Birds will be out, and then the coach will feel, I better react to this. I better, oh, Francesca's back on the air, bad-mouthing Eli. Oh, I better. we better get the kid in there. Eli would have really been jammed up there. Instead, to the relief of one Eddie Spaghetti. Gettleman got up there and said, Saquon Barkley, oh, Spaghetti. Look at the smile on
2: his face. React, react. Well, first of all, Francesa would never badmouth Eli because Eli's a weekly guest with him. But um, to continue with that. Yeah, yeah idiot. Uh, yeah, you dummy. Uh, first <laughs> of all, Francesa, get your story straight. Michael Kay's the one that would badmouth <laughs> yeah. Eli, not Francesca. <laughs> Mike's on back today. Um, you no, know, with the... First of all, with the schedule, the first seven games thing, the NFL is a weird league where people re- overreact to the schedule and like, oh, these teams going to be good, and the teams you think are going to be good are usually not good. No,
1: I do this almost every year, and almost every year I'm right about it. Oh, okay. It is a it is a miserable seven games. Look it up and read. I understand it to that.
2: Me. I understand. just Trust me. I know. I don't. I don't have. I don't. They start at home against the Jags in Coughlin. You I don't have I don't have high you hopes like, for the Giants.
1: You like the Jags coming in there and uh, what I'm and laying is, down for
2: Eli. What I'm saying is a lot of teams sometimes fail to reach the expectations that they had a year prior. But anyway, uh, with the draft, uh, obviously I said a bunch. I liked Rosen the most. I, I thought the Giants should just tank, take a quarterback, move on from there. They bring in Gettleman, and Gettleman's like I want to win now. I want to win this year. He's here. Like I feel like on a short term basis, and wants to just you know we signed Soldier, traded for Ogletree. Like he's pushing to win. And then when Mayfield was going to go first, I was like, "Oh man, like they're gonna they're gonna take Darnold and they're gonna go back on the whole." I had mindset. heard
1: it, it is really crazy, you know, all the rumors you hear. Oh, those are they smoke screen thirty two yeah. times over and all that. But it is fascinating to hear people that we all know and uh, some of whom we work with. They really they're they're fielding all that and they're trying to determine the veracity of these things before they put it out publicly. And uh, there were people. Who who I was talking to on draft day two hours before the draft, who really bought that the Giants' ownership was going to tell Gettleman if Darnold is there, if it really breaks the way it's supposed to with Mayfield at one, you we're overriding and you must take Darnold. I was yeah. ready to see your heart. No, get I, I'm
2: not. I was not shocked by that because I I got in the mindset of like, okay, they're not going to tank. We're going to try to win now and I prepared for that, and then they're going to go back on their word and take Darnold, and I was like, well, now we're going to back to to stinking again, but they took Barkley. I mean, I think Gettleman spent 30 seconds to hand in the card on the Barkley pick. And then he spent another 30 seconds at most on the Will Hernandez pick. And that's where it really uh, broke in their favor. To the him. fact
3: that somehow Will Hernandez slipped and now you're going to have a, right a dominant. Well, most yeah. people did. Yeah. You know, I think it's just one of those when you take five quarterbacks in the first round, a lot of players, sure. and that, that happened throughout the end. I mean, that's how Bradley Chubb got to the Denver Broncos. You know, you get all these quarterbacks that go. So that... I think is certainly going to help them out.
1: They, uh, by the way, by the way, what that was straight up. I, I he seemed like a delightful kid, Denzel Ward. He is built like you, money. And I and, and in this case, I don't mean that in a flattering a way. No. I wouldn't say you should be out on a pro football field. No,
3: field. I would die. Um, he's very slight. He, he he's five ten. He's about a hundred and eighty pounds, but. Damn, can he cover? I, know, I mean, but Brad. Damn, but I mean, can he Brad. Cover?
1: I, I just I the, given again the most recent evidence we have in pro football is get that pass rush going and good things will happen. The Eagles were suspect on the back end. If you if you go Chub along with uh, Garrett,
3: yikes. And then you you're rotating in Ogba. I mean, and that's kind. Of, I, I get what Greg Williams was saying, and that is that hey, you guys are undervaluing Manny Ogba when when I've got him on one side and you've got to either double him and go single on Miles Garrett, or you let Manny go single, I believe we'll get there. And and that's just the way that Greg Williams runs defense. If he feels like he has a dominant cover, then, you know, cover corner, and that's what he wanted in Denzel I know, Do I agree with it? No. I would have absolutely hate, taken Bradley Chen. That's why Chuck.
1: I hate when a, a coordinator – so the premise is that a, the current coordinator felt this was a good fit for his defense. How long is Greg Williams going to be in Cleveland? You know, I mean, the, the idea the idea that we should draft somebody because Greg Williams wants him is, is a little bit of a reach in my book. Um, but you like – so, Saquon, you like this, even though based on what money – well, uh, you know, Nick Chubb falls, you could add him at the top of two.
2: No, I I, no, I think Barkley's a generational running back. I think it helps out Eli so much to have a running game for the first time, probably a real threat since, like, the Super Bowl team in 2011. Uh, and the left side of the line now with Solder and Will Hernandez is going to be great. Um, I, I mean, if I know there's rumors of Des Bryant. That would help out a lot of things, too. I don't think they're going to do that, though. But just to give, just to help Eli out, because I think with a full team, a healthy O line, an actual running game, he's not as bad as most make out to be. I don't think he's going to throw 35 plus touchdowns, but I think the team could potentially challenged for you know a wild what? card. If
1: Odell's healthy and Saquon
3: does make the Shepherd, splash Ingram. and all there's, that there's, there's a lot of guys there. Shepard's I mean. wildly underrated too. Yeah. No, I, he really is. Him in the slot. Ingram, who's very a tough cover. I mean, it'll come down to that offensive line and whether or not Soldiers, you know, still going to be able to dominate, dominate at his advanced age, which I think he will. I mean, nothing should lead you to believe he's not going to for the next couple of years at least. Uh, the one, I heard a real interesting, I think I, I want to give credit where it's due. I can't remember who I read. It might have been Barnwell who wrote it. But it was an interesting perspective on why Saquon was absolutely the wrong choice. And it goes back to kind of what the Rams were able to do this year in free agency because they're getting a discount on a position that is typically paid north of $20 million to have a dominant quarterback. Well, because Jared Goff is making $8 million bucks. You can go out and pay Tlaib and Peters and Lamarcus Joyner and all of these players and then Dominican Sue because your quarterback's at a discount. The problem taking Saquon second said he makes nine million bucks a year he's the highest paid if they pick up the five fifth year option Mm -hmm. he will be the highest paid running back at his position and you don't enjoy the benefits of getting a discount that you do at a pass rusher Bradley Chubb at a quarterback Sam Darnold for those five years that you have that player under rookie control I I
1: will say that we were on that at the time you can go dig up the uh, DDF piece in fact you really should just for pleasure's sake from five years ago when at the height of when the two best teams in the NFL, with the possible exceptions of the Broncos and Patriots, were the Seahawks and 49ers in that same division. We were pointing at that continually, saying the reason that those rosters are so deep is because they have those, uh, those IMQBs on, on rookie deals. It does warp things. Peyton and Brady at the time were forced to carry their roster and cover up all those blemishes where those uh, right. rookie deal
3: QBs were so not. So the Giants either A, uh, need to develop and hope that Davis Webb or Kyle Laletta are in fact the rookie or, okay. or the quarterback of the future so they can do that or you know it's just a big swing it's a big swing no. for two years and hey we, we believe we're good enough to win a Super Bowl so we'll take this big swing and figure it all out later let's get one more Super Bowl out of you yeah Manning.
2: that's what they're doing and I, I'm not still sure I'm certain about that being the best plan but I, I think they really like Gettleman says that Barkley was his highest ranked prospect since Peyton Manning so I think they really trust him I think he's going to be great I also would argue that a combo of Barkley in the first and Will Hernandez in the second is probably better than like Chubb and maybe like Geis or Nick Chubb or like if he if you did it that way. Well I'm just
3: saying quarterback instead. If, it if they would have decided to take oh, that I quarterback agree. Well, I, still I agree then.
2: I, I probably, I, if I was the head of the team, I would have taken yeah. a quarterback and just said this year, 2018's a wash, like do whatever's, whatever.
1: Well, what's interesting too is for the first year that I can remember, at least in like the last uh, four or five years, at least we finally are not already now that this is over and all these kids are drafted or like in the week before all these guys are about to get drafted, somebody says – well, you know, they don't have to reach for a QB this year because next year, that's the bounty of QBs coming out of school. Not next year. There's nobody. There is some hindsight, I know though. That- there,
3: There is some – I don't know if you've noticed, but it seems like we're starting to get more and more of these general managers saying, hey, man – Mark my words. Everybody's celebrating this quarterback class it, because they had it, because it was volume. Right. These guys are not that good in terms of the grades, the specific grades that we put on these guys. It is not. Would you that you rather great have of... J- Would you rather have Jimmy
1: Garoppolo than any of these guys? Yes,
3: you would. Uh. Absolutely that guy is – he's going to be fantastic. There's just no den- – I mean, you could see it when he came in in relief for Tom Brady before he got hurt. And then he comes into San Francisco, and, I mean, it's crazy. Go back and watch those I games. I just how feel freaking like, good that guy
1: I is. I feel like Jim Mora Jr., and their pieces now out there in the uh, – on the internet, that will support this. That UCLA and that coaching staff really let Josh Rosen down. I think he's dynamite. I think I watch out. And he has a chip on his shoulder. He's angry now. If he was disengaged, he ain't anymore. Who was the kid who uh, who got drafted uh, the UCLA uh, left? Colton hat? Miller. Colton. He had no wow inc- Well, I guess he wants to be a good guy to a guy who he's been playing ball with. But he stopped. Not on the air. We weren't uh, recording anything. He just said, "I said, yeah, Rosen was just." In here he said he's a great guy, and by the way, let me just tell you something. I don't understand what all this stuff was about the last uh, few weeks about him. He's a great teammate. He is going to succeed in the NFL. And I said we're not recording. He said I know. I just want you to know that.
3: Yeah, I, look, I, most this of his idea teammates- that he's
1: unpopular with his teammates. I think from, you know, anecdotally, does not seem to be true. We'll find out. I I feel like money wants to say something. I, no, not I'm a say- VP. He wants to say something, but he's shy. I think so. I'm a VP. Let's talk about something else quickly now, because I want to talk about this one of the steals of the draft, but I also want to talk about something that hurt me. I had a great time in Dallas, Texas. But uh on our last night, last night in Texas, you know, we done job well done, patting each other on the back, parades, so on and so forth. You know, our pal, Goldie, one of our favorites. You know, you know Goldie Mom. Love Goldie. He loves you too, you know? And he's a great he's a, a great fine hang. Fine producer. One of the great hangs to raise a director. He's uh, exactly he's, right. He's one. He's one of Fine the great. Director. He's one of the great hangs in the business and out. You know.
4: He's a producer too. He was field producing at the draft. It's exactly he right.
1: All. He does it all. Yeah. That's what it, that's what he does. He does everything. You thanks, know? Emma. And you got he, him money. Thanks. He he makes you laugh. He makes you think. You know. He's a he's a good fella. You know. And uh, the night before, Goldie. You know, it was we were talking, and oh, we'll we'll hang out after the third night of the draft great well so we'll definitely do that and the wolf colleen wolf was there too well i'm in oh count me in fellas i definitely want to go out celebrate the end okay we'll do it We'll one see last how, blowout yeah we'll see how well there was no blowout for dave dave's too old dave can't have blowouts late into the night and then wake up spry and ready to roll just kids that time has passed you've seen that much i have seen it first you've day. seen me try you've seen me do it Early on in our uh, mutual time here at the NFL, maybe I could uh, burn it at both ends. Now, more difficult. Um, anywho, we had this plan to go out. Well, what time are we going to meet? I'm going to let other people know if that's all right with everybody. I'm going to let some of our pals like Emma VP and Tamposi know. We'll see what else is going on. Uh get a text back from uh, Colleen. No, no, she's going to go out with Jane Slater.
3: Just up and left, yeah. Huh? yeah.
1: And and who else? I well, Emma, um, sounds like uh, the wolf's going out with her, But uh, here's where we're going. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm in with uh, I'm in with the wolf and Slater as well. So oh yeah.
4: I did not know about the Dave and Goldie plan. To be fair, Colleen texted me saying, "Hey, we're going out with with Jane Slater." I yeah, said, but she didn't Great. text me. No, she didn't.
3: That's Jane Great. Slater, Dallas local. Right. Right. Knows the town. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe take you somewhere that you otherwise wouldn't know.
1: Yeah. Some think? intel.
3: MOVP, did you th- did you see?
1: I mean, you could see objectively that it was wrong what the Wolf did, right? Yeah. You, you understood that?
4: Yeah. Though I did ask you to go out for Rosé before I even I got couldn't, the invitation. I for was Colin. playing
1: it close to the vest because I had to see what the plans were and if it was okay. Who was, I didn't know. Goldie had some place he wanted to take us to, which uh, turned out to be just splendid, just uh, just drop from the heavens. A place called Dots. If you're ever in Dallas, go there. It's this big, dusty. Oh, it's kind of like uh, the wedding scene in Fandango, except that it's an, an enclosed outdoor space. But just a splendid place to have a couple of belts and some good uh,
3: Texas food. It was something, huh? I loved it. Yeah, yeah. It was- you know what? You know what I'm realizing right now. Now I know why this guy likes Josh Rosen so much. Listen to him. He goes out for a splendid dinner. He has great company. And what's he doing? He's lamenting those that somehow he believes wronged him. Listen, he can't absolutely. let it go. Even though That's there is right. great success in his life and cause for celebration, he has to continually go back and revisit and try to humiliate others for perhaps making a decision that he thinks I think wasn't just, good for them or I think him. you just described Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jeffrey Jordan
1: lives his life the same way.
3: Yeah, and guess what? He's got hoop earrings and smokes cigars on a on a bar in Tijuana. Next stop, the uh,
1: the jewelry store for Dave getting double piercings. <laughs> that's fine by me. Emma VP, shame on you and shame on your hero, the Wolf. That was wow. that was disgraceful. I don't
4: think it's shame on me.
3: Right? Seems like everybody you had think a good the wolf, time that night. You
1: think the Wolf was wrong?
4: I mean, a little. If she did agree to go to on this, have this plan with you, and then she. You know, didn't then? Yeah, a little I think bit.
1: this. I, I want. I, I think this does require further investigation because I'd like to hear the wolf side of things. Okay, I'd like to hear what Goldie felt about it, how it hurt. Like I think the wolf should hear what her actions, uh. the reactions it causes in other people's hearts. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you, you and Kent
3: Brown can go to lunch and and discuss <laughs> your disappointments in your peer group. I know. Maybe That's the two that, of you I, can cry I, in your rose. Now over I that. know. Now I, I asked
4: know. Dave <laughs> to rose. He straight up said no I didn't Just say so no knows. I
1: said I don't know let me see because I had to go back <laughs> no. and I had to vet I don't want to be uh you know uh right what's the thing uh cash and checks that my, my uh, your what? butt gear uh, writing checks think.
3: your butt can't cash
1: I couldn't do that until I checked with Goldie I didn't know what this place was he was taking us I, c- I couldn't say like oh by the way we have a bunch of extra people coming with us now I wanted to make sure that was all right before I put sent the offer out
4: is that a little wrong money Yes. Well, he did
0: oh, and
1: money's yeah. just trying to be Switzerland. Look, so all- I had done.
4: nothing to do. I got another offer in the meantime. Right. We're all, right. all
3: spinning plates. plates. We're we all spinning what? plates.
1: I was happy for Tamposi and for MAVP. By the way, track down the broadcast. They had at least three great episodes of their uh, their hit uh, social media series there, their fun little segments from the draft. The uh, The velvet ropes flew open for uh, MAVP and for Tamposi while they were in Dallas. Track those things down. But, um, but yes, no, I, I was happy for you to go on a Twitter. Her, have a great night. Clearly, we right. have a have a great <laughs> night. But the wolf, you know. And and by the way, I don't know Jane Slater very well, but you know, you know, she could have hit me up on the Twitter. As you well. just said you don't know her very well. Well, she could have still extended the offer. Like, hey, the wolf and I are hanging out. That's
3: on the wolf. That's not on Jane. I think it all. Stops don't you with bring the wolf. Jane into this? That's on the wolf.
2: Spaghetti. Your thoughts? Well, if I was invited, you, you know, clearly I would have been with you, Dave. So I I know that's yeah. spaghetti. Well, I'm, the, well, I'm, I'm always way around, to
1: play
3: so. that hypothetical spaghetti.
1: And, but you know
2: what? Yeah, if it, I was to be ever invited, to
3: I'm, anything, I got your back. It
1: matters that Spaghetti talks that talk. Instead, he was a, stuck at home watching his uh, his New York Rangers in the playoffs. Okay. Um, now, just cutting up every, I was
2: just cutting up all our great content by myself here in Los mm. Angeles while everyone's enjoying a night in the town in Dallas.
1: I know you met you missed uh, you missed uh, Kent Brown. Kent Brown, though, you mentioned him. His mom, we love when she leaves voicemails for him. Um, it for um, unrequested reviews of movies, TV shows, and beyond. She um, she left a voicemail about a movie or a TV show, Emma VP? What's this one about?
4: This one is about, she tracked out the film The Darkest Hour.
1: Oh, great. Okay, here it is. Kent Brown's mom from Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, Ken. guess what I just rented? I rented The Darkest Hour. It was about two hours long. You know what? I can
1: understand why he won the Academy Award. He was fabulous. Yeah, I mean, I didn't
0: really understand all the war about England and <laughs> Germany and France. And I guess that Dunkirk was part of it. Okay, but I'll talk to you
1: later. Okay, bye.
3: That's amazing. I love it. just amazing.
1: I love it. Guess what? Into a voicemail. Asking rhetorically, guess what? Takes rhetorical questions to a new level when you're asking into a recorder, guess
3: what? Here's what Kent Brown needs to do, and we all need to retweet it. He needs to transcribe that voicemail as a review of the Darkest Hour, so you can just <laughs> you can see words on paper of what his mother's review is of what was considered to be one of the finest films of twenty seven. Can we can we hear that once again? I'm sorry, I just I, I, wanna... I also
1: like I also like listen for this one. Uh, I rented The Darkest Hour is about two hours. Two hours. Good observation. Yeah. Good observation. It, it is uh, fraudulently entitled. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, Ken. Guess what? I just rented. I rented The Darkest Hour. It was about two hours long. You know what? I can
1: understand Mm -hmm. why he won the Academy Award. He was fabulous. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really understand all the war about England and Germany and France, and (laughs) I guess that Dunkirk was part of it. Okay, but I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye.
3: So imagine if you end the review, the very last sentence is, I guess that Dunkirk was part of it, period. <laughs> that's the way the review ends. I that's that Dunkirk was it's a, part of it's it. It's a
1: weird admission that you're seeing a movie that revolves uh, around the seminal event of the yes. 20th century and one of the biggest events in man's recorded history. Oh I didn't really God. understand what was going on. What was, why was England mad at Germany? I didn't really get that part you know, of it. But I otherwise, don't know what it it's really all good. about there. What but, were they? Uh, they seemed angry. Germany... And France and England seemed like they had some weird stuff that they had to hash out there. I don't know what was that. What all, all that was about?
3: I guess Dunkirk was part of it. All right, see you later. <laughs> uh, that- <laughs> hey, go- hey, Kent, you want to come out with us tonight? You know what? I was gonna, but my mom just left me this voicemail, and she really sold me on this film, The Darkest Hour. Now I've got to go rent it immediately and carve out what was it? That's oh, about two hours of my uh, my night. <laughs> 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 oh, I, do, so good. I
1: do think keen and impossible to debate, darkest hour, you know, which one of those two hours is the dark one? Because the other one pretty sunny. Up you know here. what?
3: I think we just stumbled onto something. Hmm. Kent Brown's mom reviews uh reviews films. And she just leaves, she we, we, we tell her which film to, to watch. She then calls Kent, leaves a voicemail with her forty second review it, man. of the I, film.
1: I, I think her uh, her greatest challenge to come is uh, when she has to review the Dave Damashek football program. I'd also like to send her some hot segments from uh, from Matt Money-Smith and see uh, from Petros and Money or even from the broadcast booth when he's calling uh, the next L.A. Chargers football game. I'd like to hear Kent's mom on that one. Meantime, I did get to talk with uh, Derwin James, and I did tell him and I told Roquan Smith the same thing. If, I, if you told me, this is a fun exercise, actually, that we did with Daniel Jeremiah. If you want to go back and uh, see how it played out, I thought it was a it, it, it was illuminating on, on some level to ask Daniel Jeremiah, who he and Bucky and all the rest of the gang did uh, dynamite job as usual with the draft. We sat down a couple days before and I said, let's pretend each team has their shot at the first overall pick in 2018. I, was, I watched needs. it. That was great. Everything else. Now, of course, your your personal preference of quarterback is going to emerge. It's a lot of Sam Darnold, right? But if, if that's your guy, there's not like well. Not None of this hokum. I think this kid fits better because he's in a dome as a quarterback than, than otherwise. But side note, real quick, Josh Rosen in Arizona, close to home, in a dome, feels like he might be a little physically brittle. That is a better situation maybe for him than uh, than going up to – yeah, you know, wherever.
3: Oh, yeah, with David Johnson. I mean, that's what people forget because he missed all of last season. You know, Rosen has one of the best pass-catching backs, one of the most dominant – I mean, three down backs that he can lean on because that's a leaky offensive line, and they did very little to help themselves out, and that's something that Rosen cannot afford. So the fact that you can balance that out – with the threat of David Johnson, I mean, changes everything. I mean, it's one of the three, four, if he's healthy, he's one of the three best running backs in the NFL. You can just hand the ball to or dump into the flat 20 times, 22 times a game.
1: Who's the last place team in that division this year? Ooh. Seahawks or Cardinals ain't going to be the niners. Well, by the way, it the niners the are niners.
3: not it could be the they niners. Might They're a, a little, little f- thin on defense. We thought, you know, with but especially the way the Reuben Foster thing is going to shake out. Don't know that. Um If he's it, but if Reuben
1: Foster's in there, I think they have a lot of yeah. defensive pieces out there.
3: I mean, Armstead, Buckner, yeah. That's, anyway. Anyway. Um I don't know who is it? Is it Seattle? Well, that's I guess I I think what I'm that's probably at. you know, yeah, it's Seattle Arizona. Uh, Derwin
1: James, though. So I told those two guys, if you, if the Steelers had the first overall, oh, the, what I, to explain what I was saying. If each of the thirty-two had the first overall pick for their needs and so on, who should they draft there? And DJ uh, went through all thirty-two of those. I think if the Steelers had the first overall as a fan, I would say Roquan Smith or to, to fill the need there, or Derwin James. If you had that hammer at the back end there of that defense, that would suddenly feel transformed, especially with those hybrid kind of pieces that it feels like they're now vibing to with uh, Terrell Edmonds and beyond. Um I told that, but Derwin James, to, your, to, uh, to improve uh, your team's lot a little bit, lands in Los Angeles. He's going to be playing in the soccer stadium in 2018. Here's just a little bit of our conversation. I also happen to know I'm friends with the uh, play-by-play man. Of the, stop that. The Can we stop that any- for a second? Is that all right that I go out into the world and claim you to be a friend? Yeah. Is that fair? I, I find that flattering. It's nice. I can yeah, say not that. A I I, not a colleague. Not a
3: colleague. I was excited that you called me uh, a friend, not a colleague.
1: Okay. Well, I was just trying to make it work with Derwin. Okay, go ahead. I also happen to know I'm friends with the uh, play-by-play man of the, okay. of the Chargers. Is there any call you would like for me to tell him you won anytime you make a big play?
4: Whatever play it is, I want him to get excited for. Him.
1: How about this? Okay. This is a little outside the box, but every time you make an interception – how about Matt Money Smith, the radio play-by-play guy of the Chargers goes, Derwin James with the interception, cruising, Glazier.
4: I like that. You like that? That's a little He's different. Like I never heard yeah. that one. I like that one. I
1: know.
3: He didn't like it. No, he's, he's lying to you. He lied to my face that day. He's not but, a man who can relate to frusin glacia.
1: Well, frusin glacia, I think, is like uh, it means like happy ice or something in uh, some Scandinavian language. We did get a play-by-play man in uh, in the world of hockey to use it actually in a game. I asked repeatedly, money to do it late in twenty-seven. My
3: first year, I told you it was my first year. Let me just get through year You'll one. work that in. I'll settle in. Once I'm established, maybe land a long-term contract, then I'm coming with the fruits and
1: gloves. I mean, the play-by-play man for the Pittsburgh Penguins, Mike Lang, I mean, his, his entire thing is is those kind of things. Sure. Now, you don't want it to feel phony. You don't want it to feel too cooked, but, you know, in advance. But I, I want you to get that cooked.
3: Uh, I'm going to get it little. just right. I'm going to get what? it just right.
1: We should get Emma VP. We can spitball here. But really, Derwin James, we should really – fair's fair. We should get him – Involved in this conversation, have a three-way conversation. Really, I don't have to have any role in it whatsoever, but I like to have one anyway. Money, Derwin, Dave, we settle all hash. We figure out what money's call is going to be for you. You
3: want to make him happy. That's what you want to do. You know, you want to – He's a seminal. He's Derwin. I mean, Derwin, you know, I like alliteration. Um, So I think, you know, Derwin deflection, that works. You know, that works in there. Now, James, nickname is Jimmy. He gets up on one of them receivers. Mm. Let's say let's say he's going up against Travis Kelsey. He's guarding him one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Kelsey's right there out wide. He gives him a little pop because he's a big dude. I mean, you saw this yes. guy, 6'2", 220. He's a Definitely. big guy. Let's say he pops him and then jumps the route, interceptions. It's a Jimmy Jam.
1: Oh, it's a Jimmy Jam. Ooh. Boom, to the house. How about that, huh? What's Jimmy Jam's uh, most famous produced song?
3: I mean, I, I know it won't be popular, but I'm going to go something from Morris Day the Time. I mean, let's uh, – Let's get a little something. Jungle love. Jungle love. Oh, We
1: might. Oh, I mean, maybe oh, that's a little Oh, That's maybe stringing
3: it out a little too much. If you
1: start. No, Look how confused I M- MVP what? and Eddie I think Spaghetti this, are right now. No, no, no. I think we. this is the leader in the clubhouse. Derwin James with the interception. Oh, we, oh, oh. Oh, People would say, "What is that about?" And then you have a whole story. I mean, there are a couple of layers to it. It's going to take you a second, but it will add some intrigue to the broadcast. People sure. say, "What's OeOeO?" What do you think, Emma VP? I think I'd like to know uh, you. You're our head writer of this show.
4: Yeah, I don't. I don't think you should do that. No. Why not? But if he oh, has, wolf, if he has to the, explain it afterwards, oh, the wolf doesn't, doesn't
3: that... like it. Oh, let get Jane Slater <laughs> yeah, on the line. We'll see what Colleen she and thinks.
4: Colleen Jane don't like it, so
3: unbelievable. I'm going to get invited to that dinner. They're being left behind.
1: What an attack. Just just an unsolicited attack. Um, You know what I will say about the Chargers? I think that they have a pretty good chance of winning that division by two-plus.
3: It's just so much unknown, you know. New head coach in Oakland. You better buy John Gruden and new quarterbacks. and yeah, you better Kansas buy City John
1: Gruden because that's you know you don't know with Mahomes. Maybe they transition and they're e- even better with uh, the live arm of Mahomes stepping in there in year two. But
3: I mean, it's tough to deal with Tyree, kill Travis Kelsey and Kareem Hunt. That is a load to deal with. You left not, out you left out Sammy Watkins. Yeah, and Sa- that's right. And Sammy Watkins now, who's out there with a giant arm. Uh, for I, I think it works in the Chargers' favor that they get him week one at their place. You know, we, we get them here in L.A. Um, the Chargers get them here in L.A. That's a big
1: game for so week that's one.
3: Well, yeah, the, the Chiefs, I think, have beat them seven times in a row now. So you think about what separated – it was one game that separated they and the Chiefs this last year. Um, so to be able to get that first win – you know, not to mention the way they started last year at, at StubHub Center. It's It, it really lays the out last well for them. The last few
1: years, it's a, one, it's a funny thing with Phil Rivers' trajectory over the last, say, five years or so. There's been a lot of talk, and it didn't just start, you know, midway through 2017. Does Phil still have it? And then you he gets on a stretch, and you say, oh, yeah, Phil's still one of the very best in the league. I It would be a shame, and I hope he doesn't for his sake and for the Chargers' sake that uh, I hope he has one more year in him. Because if he's right, if he plays what we've come to know from Phil Rivers and he gets anything close to some good health with the pass catchers around him, they could dominate this year.
3: Yeah, and I think They could be really, really good. They have an extra two rookies. They have two first-round picks. I mean, Forrest Lamp was a first-rounder that slipped to the third pick of the second round, and Mike Williams was a first-rounder who did not play. Both of those guys are healthy going into training camp. So you're talking about adding not just... You know, Derwin James uh, in the first and Uchenna Nwusu in the second, who people think are going to make an immediate impact. But also, Forrest Lamp, who will be your starting right guard, and Mike Williams, who will be your starting outside receiver opposite Keenan Allen. I mean, that's that's also added to that team. Sheesh.
1: And by the way, let's uh, mark this one down for a future uh, date. We should converse about who's going to win the battle for Los Angeles of 2018. Both teams will have very high hopes. You could reasonably say that that's
3: going to be your Super Bowl. And a head-to-head, by the way. Oh, In week three, right. week three, head to head right. at the Coliseum.
1: Use your juice already, would you, to make the uniforms right? That's what I. That's what
3: you need. I keep. I, I have. You know, I'm not. I'm not lying, embellishing. I have had that conversation with Ag Spanos. I've said, Just hey, do man, the ones
1: you like. Do make them the, ones- the royal
3: blues." I yeah. want the, I want the, I, not like the navies. Gold pants. I want the pants. Yeah, which I'm fine with. Do the gold pants with the bolt down the side, but right. I, I, the shade of blue should be the royal blue and the powder blues are for special occasions. I'm but down the, with that noise. Yeah. I'm. I it's, They like the navies. They like the navies. I don't like them nearly as much as the royal. Here
1: they come in their royal blues. Right? Oh, we, oh, we, oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure probably Jimmy Camp didn't even produce that, that song. MVP you
4: don't love that? It just needs explanation. It, it is so what? That it
1: doesn't. It just seems like a bleat, you know? It seems like a bleed of joy spaghetti, how say you?
2: I don't think that just fits Money's style. I like Money's like the the, the cool like great voice guy and if he does that, everyone's going to be like,
3: "What is oh we, I already oh. get it for the I mean, I already have to do the long explanation of the knock on wood, you know? And that thing I thought was set up perfectly for me and instead it kind of, you know hopefully this year it'll uh, it'll come around and makes more sense to the people
0: well your money's too cool for that oh All
2: right, I, I could give him praise
3: too cool thank you
0: yeah oh oh we
1: oh it's plenty cool <sighs> okay all right, Mo- all right. Uh, money suggested uh, one last thing and so we'll uh, address this here um Russell Westbrook 43 shots in the elimination game loss you submit the question do we have the NFL equivalent is there
3: an of- NFL equivalent? of a, an individual player being too selfish in a game of utmost importance, in a playoff game where a quarterback or, you know. Can I tell
1: you, the one that jumped into my mind, and I, I, I the one thing that occurred to me, and it's the most recent uh, example, I guess, that we have in in the NFL, is it's not a player. It's Bill Belichick. And, Be- I mean, that is the thing. You talk about – Malcolm uh, Butler. Uh, that is the uh, – the further away we get from it, yeah, he put uh, Butler down and that cost that team the Super Bowl, Right. Right. Is that being selfish, trying to establish? And also, by the way, this other thing is, it's still murky. With this Tom Brady stuff about like, yeah, I don't know why he had to say he's coming back 28 times between uh, the Super Bowl and now, but he is officially coming back. But are all things well with, uh, are you happy with the Patriots? I'm taking the fifth, he says? It's odd, right? I don't like it. I don't like it one bit if I'm a Patriots fan. Spaghetti, do you have one?
2: Well, I think football is a, it's hard. A quarterback can just be like, "I'm going to toss it seventy times because he doesn't call the plays." And if he starts doing it himself, the coach will obviously step in. I think it has to be a move by a head coach. And the other, actually, the Belichick move that came to my mind was like. That uh, him being cocky was that that Colts game where they went for it and they got stuffed on what was it like uh, fourth the fourth? Down. Yeah, that was like one I thought of again. Just back to hating Belichick.
3: Mine was uh, was was and it's similar, I guess. It's not a player, but it's a play, and that's Pete Carroll not giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch because he wanted the the coronation of his guy Russell Wilson to get the MVP of the Super Bowl. You know, and and that we still don't have clarity on that. By the way, was it a bevel call? Was it uh, who ordered the code red? You know, who was it? Pete Carroll that said, "Hey, run the pass here." You know, thinking, I don't know, this Marshawn Lynch guy's been, been all sideways on me now for a year. I'm going to get my guy, Russell Wilson, to be on that stage with that MVP trophy.
1: That's a great one. But uh, as a player, maybe I'm misremembering this and uh, you're closer to the Dodgers. I, I, there are examples throughout uh, my life in baseball with uh, starting pitchers demanding the ball on three days rest. I feel like Clayton Kershaw has injured the Dodgers' chances in big playoff series by demanding the ball. Right? Or when he stays on the hump to face Matt yeah. Adams, what was that, three years ago now, for one
3: extra? Was that his call in to do St. that? Louis, uh, you know what Pull it is. Pull yourself.
1: I like your confidence, but also you've now you've just caught. John Smiley, this is a deep dive, in 19... 19- 91, I think it was, or was it 92? I think it was 91 with the Pirates. Starting pitcher, game seven. Are you ready to go? Because you're having some trouble with your arm there. You're a little injured there. Nope. No skip. Skip uh, Leland. I'm ready to go. I'm, I I need to take the hump. Gives up a three-run homer in the first inning to Brian Jordan. Um, after the game, what, what was going on there? Yeah, my arm wasn't right. Hey, jerk! Why didn't you say that before the right. game? They have other pitchers that could have gone.
3: And it's the fear of, can you believe this guy? He's got nothing. You got nothing inside. You yeah, bow out. You true. tap
2: out of a, of a most important game of your life, and you're going to tap out. Pff, coward. Matt Harvey versus the Royals was a game five or game six and Shea, and he wanted to come back out, and then he gave up uh, runs there. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that, that,
1: that's a good one, too. Muddy, uh, Golden State went in the crown. Yeah.
2: Yep. right?
1: Spaghetti? Yep.
2: Uh, yeah, I guess. Yep. Yeah, basketball's boring. Okay. Well, oh, the puck's getting... Basketball's knocked. boring. No, just I, wait I watched, till my Knicks
3: hire Mark Jackson. Uh, no. Then you'll all be on notice. Pro ball don't
2: matter till the Knicks matter again. No, I watch. it. Just It's just terrible. Compared to, to NHL, every series is 1-1 for the first time since 91. It's just too fun to... Oh,
1: boy. Yeah, end. the NHL playoffs are... Uh, oh, they are something. I'm excited for... I, I, I will say, unironically, now that the draft is in the books, I now, I, as soon as it was over... I immediately – I'm ready for football now. I'm kind of – you know what? The offseason season oh, in yeah. my brain. I'm ready to start watching pro football again. College football too. All right, Matt Money-Smith, always delightful. Thank you so much for uh, for the time. Derwin James, we'll get in touch with you. A lot more stuff to come, like I say, NFL.com slash DDFP. Keep your eye out for all the stuff. Just because the draft is through doesn't mean we're done turning around all the video conversations we had with some of the, uh, some of the great guys in uh, pro football. Eddie Spaghetti's on cloud nine with Saquon, Emma VPs, out in some high-end bar in Dallas with the club oh and Slater. who holding it. I'm not. can You know what? I, I wish I could let it go, but you know what? It exceeded you and Rosen.
3: Kindred spirits.
1: That's right. Play it again. And Michael Jordan and all the greats. You know what? If you and follow sports, you know people like to carry a chip on their shoulder. Demarcus Lawrence likes to eat those eat those chips with some dip before, before he uh, goes to a fancy $100 steak. steak. We'll have that for you. My conversation with Carson Palmer was great stuff. Until then, it's been a big slice of heaven.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses.